Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of a brand new podcast entitled how to be sound, because quite frankly, it's something I'm still trying to figure out. My name is Rosemary McCabe. I am a journalist slash I was for a time a blogger slash social influencer. Let's not talk about that. And I'm now a personal trainer, but I'm still doing a little bit of writing. And obviously now I'm podcasting. On the show today, I have Kira Norton, who I have written here is an avid cyclist, although not right now, which we'll talk about later, an environmental enthusiast and a soon to be tiger mom. Thank you, Rosemary. Hi, Kira. Hi, how are you? How are you? In How To Be Sound, I really wanted to chat to essentially people I like talking to and have an excuse to sit down kind of twice a month and have a chat, um, but also people that I think are smart and have interesting things to say about a variety of different topics. The reason I wanted you to come on yes, uh, is to talk about a topic that I think is very important, but also really hard to make sexy. It's really hard to come up with a modern day issue that is more pressing than the environment or like what we're doing to it and what's going to happen. I remember, so I follow a woman, Rebecca Flynn on Instagram. I think you follow her as well. She used to do the Body Positive Ireland um, Facebook and Instagram accounts. And and she's very interesting. She's very smart. And she was talking one day about how her son, who's two, said to her something like, I would love to go and see the polar bears. And she said, oh, well, maybe we'll do that one day. And her husband said, well, no, because they'll be gone by the time he's grown up. And that they both had this very like, oh God. And she was going, you know, like, he's right, like we're totally ruining the planet. It was this moment where I kind of went, Jesus, that's really scary. But at the same time, why am I not buying all my clothes from sustainable fashion shop? You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Why Why is the fact that the polar bears may be extinct in 10 years, why is that not compelling us why is to that completely not change issue? our behaviour? Or the fact that like, you know, when there was that fire um, in North County Dublin two days ago, the air quality levels in the city were kind of stay indoors. Yeah, I downloaded it. It's called Breezometer. Um, it's an app that you oh can God, check your air very quality. Serious about the environment. But, Look at this. Um, that's just something that like, why is that not enough? Yeah, to, yeah. to turn everyone into but listen, an environmentalist. You're having a baby. That's very bad for the environment. How are you going to yeah. offset those carbon so emissions? So I kind of want to preface everything I say by saying that I am no way an expert. I have no study background in the environment. I work for an environmental charity now and I'm picking up a lot of my knowledge over the past couple of years. And I read a lot and I see a lot of kind of the environment side of social media. So just not an expert. Basically. No, but I mean, like, but I care. And I'm trying yeah. to change my own behaviour around that, but I'm but I'm in no way per- perfect. Um, yeah, I'm having a baby, and a, a big carbon emitting baby, a big carbon emitting baby with levels of waste a really and big baby. plastic and all kinds of things. <laughs> my dog literally just I like nosed on. her way into the room. There, she's like, "What are you guys doing? I want to come in." So like, babies are babies 
need a lot of stuff or so you think and I'm currently trying to kind of bridge that with you know my my habit of every time I go and visit my parents in Mullingara going to TK Maxx there and picking up something that just looks really cute um or you know useful in some way in the baby section um but yeah like there's a there was a um Lund University I think it's Canadian University and created this infographic and a study based on the things that we can do to mitigate climate change and the most effective individual actions. So while you would think that like recycling or, you know, the light bulbs that you use and these are all like huge contributors, they're not really. So the three top things you can do are live car free, which I do. You do. Yes. Um, eat a plant based diet. I don't. Yes. And have one fewer, one less child, one less child than you'd planned on having. So they're the three. That's a bit vague though, isn't it? Because you could be like, well, I did plan on having seven, but then I only had yeah. six, so I'm doing really well. <laughs> well, this is it. But because like the more humans there are on the planet, the more drain there is on the resources of the planet. Mm. And um, especially in countries like Ireland or more, I suppose, I was trying to figure out actually what the current um, term for developed countries is. I don't think it's, I was going to say the global north, but it, it isn't anymore. Um, so hard that, to keep up. Yeah, it actually is. I had to explain to somebody yesterday that we're not allowed to say Indians anymore. For like, as in Native Americans. And they were like, what do you mean? Like Indians. I was like, no, you like, I was like, they're Native Americans. They're like, what do you mean? I was like, you can't say Indians except for if somebody's from India. It was the most ridiculous conversation. But I felt very woke. Yeah. I I mean, you think that would be something that people would know by now. I know. And I was like, and if they're from Canada, some of them are called First Nations. First Nations. That didn't, that wasn't catching on at all. Um, Yeah, no, it wouldn't. But having a baby. So my kind of, my thoughts on the baby thing are, I will try to breastfeed and like negate the need for formula for the first couple of months um that's all that's if that goes well if it doesn't I'm gonna have to use formula and that's just gonna be how it Mm -hmm. is um and then I'm gonna use cloth nappies which has been one of the more controversial things I've been saying to like the older generations in my life who I think remember a time when maybe their mothers or their friends used cloth nappies and there was a lot involved in it there was a lot of soaking and my my mom used cloth nappies when she had my sister who's like seven years older than I am and when I told her that you were planning on use, using cloth nappies, her first reaction was like, ugh. And she was like, well, I suppose we all did it. But I but I wonder, I don't know why I said that in, like, my mum's not English. I suppose we all did it. Um, I wonder if it's almost because she remembers it being difficult. And it's like, oh, God, I wouldn't wish that on. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I think that's it. I think that there there may have been a service in Dublin, but I think for anyone, and that's if you've had the money, I suppose, to use a service that would bring you your cloth and nappies. Oh, and, and, pick, like, yeah, and pick and them and up. Clean and, them up and, and clean, clean them up. Them. Oh. Yeah, there are services like that in, and New York has one that I know of anyway. Um, oh my God, you could set one up. You could become a mom entrepreneur. This is it. Um, I actually hate that word. It's but, such a lie. <laughs> um, no, the, yeah, the cloth and nappy thing, like it's, there's, there's well, there's first of all there's like there's huge support groups in in the country there's I'm going to be borrowing from the cloth and nappy library so if you're someone who's pregnant or has a baby and would like to switch to cloth and nappies that's been a resource that I've used and booked a trial pack through wow I think you can find them it's so on interesting. yeah just clothnappylibrary.ie or something I wonder what the crossover between vegans and cloth nappy users is so it's pretty high I'd say so but then again like just from being in the Facebook group not being a contributor just a lurker you know, yeah, I think yeah. it's just like people who recognise that essentially in the lifetime of your child using nappies, you uh, this now again um, could be open to debate, but apparently you amass a car, like a, a car's weight worth of nappies. Also, That's your nappies thought. take about between, from what I've read, between 40 to 60 years to decompose in a landfill. So my nappies 
are somewhere. They're in a landfill somewhere. If you think about it like that. And your nappies, if your mum had stopped using cloth, are somewhere. I oh, listen, I've never done And I just find life. that thought to be... It's so gross. So bad. Now, there are compostable options, but they're only, like, they're compostable in, you know, your um, your compost bin that your the waste company take away, not in your garden compost. Oh. And so I, are you going to do that? Do you have a compost bin? I do, yeah. And I think that they'll be ones that I get for the days where maybe cloth nappies isn't working out or if I'm giving the baby to somebody to mind. They'll, I would, I don't, it's not going to be something that I force on Yeah, like the you're not going to get the 17 year old babysitter next door to come over and be like, now here I'll, I'll yeah. to use the cloth Though, nappies. I mean, they seem really easy and there's so many different mm. systems. But yeah, that's, I mean, and then I suppose when it comes to having kids kind of trying not to become too reliant on my car um, in the yeah. place where I haven't been reliant on it before and then just cutting down on stuff and reusing and trying not to buy the things that I'm told that you need. Yeah, well, that is the thing, isn't it? That I think people get into a panic. I suppose, like, we get into a panic when we're doing anything new. So say if you're like, here's my point of reference for everything. Say if you're joining a gym for the first time, we all get caught up in, like, what kind of runners do we need? What this do yeah. we need? What that do we need? Whereas, in fact like to have a baby to move your body to cook food you know all of these things that are very natural and very normal and very everyday we don't actually need not at half all. as many things as we think we need yeah and also like things like like breastfeeding like like my mom is a very avid um kind of breastfeeding advocate but you know insofar as within her own circle of friends because she's not on social media and things it's not like she's campaigning for it mm. but she always says that uh the best thing for her about breastfeeding is that you don't need anything. You know, that she's yeah. like, you don't need to sterilize bottles. You don't need to carry a bag around. You can literally just pick up your baby and go wherever you're going and you have everything that you need right there. I mean, like along with nappies and maybe like a soother or, you know, clothes, yeah. whatever. But she's like, you just cut out so much of this kind of messing around with bottles and bottle caps and sterilization and Milton and all yeah. this stuff. By and breastfeeding. That's, I think that's, that is the joy of it. I've had, um, in the, the yoga class, the, the pregnancy yoga class, they say, like, you know, to get the baby out of the hospital, you just need your boobs and a car seat. And that's kind of how I'm sure you could get it. the baby out of the hospital without your boobs, to be fair. Well, I mean, you know, you <laughs> no, have I know to have some mean. way I know to feed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's it, you know. Kind of, so I'm but the way you said that almost sounded like you're going to use your boobs to pick the baby up. I know. Just yeah. get the boobs, wrap them around the baby, <laughs> pick the baby up. And that special vice grip that you're told when you're in there. Um, but no, that's... The secrets yeah, of motherhood. <laughs> yeah, motherhood indeed. Uh, that's kind of the environmental side of, I suppose, having a child. But yeah, I do think, you know, if you really care about the environment, you know, that third I mean, or fourth child might not be your yeah, like greatest the, decision. But that's kind of the big if, isn't it? So yeah. It's like, if you really care about the environment. So like, if we really care about the environment, I've been thinking about all of the things that we do. And I mean, to preface everything. So like in this podcast... I want to talk about how to be sound as in how to do shit better while fully acknowledging that I'm not there yet. So, you know, and I and I know you're the same that like neither of us are sitting here going, we're doing everything perfectly. We're going to mm. do everything great because like you might have a really awful baby, like touch wood, but I you might could. have a baby who like yeah. cries nonstop and who keeps you up and, and you might decide, you know what, I'm just going to use the like shit for the environment nappies because I have enough to think of oh, yeah, you know like what I mean a, you know like I haven't slept in happen. four days I can't deal with yeah exactly trying to figure like, out what kind of clothes baby's going to stay with my mum for four days like with me and mum could change the nappies and I don't care yeah. so like who knows what's going to happen and like nothing is a guarantee but like I've been thinking about all of the ways that we could be uh, better in terms of the environment and I'm like you know when you go to so Scandinavia we always talk about Scandinavian the perfect countries yeah. but when you go to Scandinavian countries and they have recycling bins on the streets 
Why don't we have them? Like, what's yeah, that about? I, I'm not quite sure. I, I would think the reasoning is that you couldn't guarantee that they would be used correctly without spending a lot of money on, um, I suppose... Sorting, like a sorting sort, Well, not even that. Because I, I think that those bins probably do get sorted at some point along the way. I could be wrong. But I would think that if you were to put a recycling bin, you couldn't guarantee that everything going into that bin is going to be clean, rigid plastics like but, but we you, only want to recycle in Ireland. But you can't, well, yeah, but you can't guarantee that anything going into our, our recycling bins at home is clean. You know what I mean? No, like there are no guarantees no. that we're recycling correctly at home. And but actually I saw something yesterday that said that when you're recycling things, you shouldn't pack them all inside each other because they can't be sorted properly. And I was yeah. horrified because I always pack everything really, really tightly inside a paper bag. So do you do you sort all your recycling? I mean... Um, I don't yeah. know if this is that interesting, but I'm genuinely interested to know, was I the only one packing all of my recycling <laughs> inside paper bags, like as tightly packed as I could possibly get them? I know, yeah, filling the cereal boxes full of stuff. I yes. think that, um, so that's coming from the, the new recycling list, Ireland.ie website, who have a very big social media campaign going on at the moment because the uh, contamination of our recycling Because we're recycling wrong. Costing, yeah, um, the the waste providers um, a lot of money and in turn it's making it more difficult for us to sell our waste on. So we sell our waste. We don't sell it. We sell it, I think, to India and China. We ship. And China's not taking it anymore. And China, is, is as, of, new as of the 1st of January, is not taking our plastic waste. They've banned receiving plastic wastes from countries like Ireland. That are We're the highest per person um, producer of plastic waste in the, in the EU. We produce something like uh, 67 kilos per person per year I would just like to point out kilos. I would just like to point out Kira's notes these aren't like incredible <laughs> facts and figures that she has in her head because I'm like I would genuinely if I was listening to this and I was like that girl really knows her shit she's written it down don't feel bad <laughs> thanks Rosemary <laughs> Here I am trying to appear professional. No, so very professional. um, But yeah, so we basically, we are part of an EU target to reduce our plastic waste by 75% by 2020. We're nowhere close to achieving that, I would think. That's two years from now. Are we we worse than the Americans for plastic waste, do you know? I I don't know because the figures I have are Europe-based. I would imagine that we're not as bad as the Americans, but I would think that we're close to being there. Yeah. Because we're moving that way, I think. Yeah, well, like all the shit stuff that we do is in you know, the high sugar consumption or like uh, obesity rates and like all these things. We're the, we're always the closest both geographically and figuratively to America, yeah. aren't we? Yes, like, exactly. Yeah, we just we're want very to be much, American. Yeah. We really are. So culturally, we, we can sometimes be closer to, what is it? Like we're closer to New York than we are to wherever, Paris or something. Britain. Yeah. Um, well, because we hate them. So the thing with Not like me, the, in general. The thing with the plastic <laughs> waste um, is that, so the recycling list thing is starting to get people to think more about it because we're um, going to start charging per um, per kilo for, for recycling. Um, the, oh, the, when we do the yeah. pay by weight, when everyone stops thinking about it. Pay by weight is going to come in soon in. enough. Um, once again, we're all going to be shocked and appalled by the cost of our waste. But um, I think that a lot of this lies with the source of the plastic. A lot of the blame for this. I mean, People have been putting, you know, you buy a bag of rocket and you put the plastic that that comes in into the recycling bin because you've been told that plastic is recyclable. But that plastic is not recyclable. And if you look closely, you may see the label on the back that says this is not currently currently recyclable. recyclable. Yeah, yeah. But there's also the thing called the green dot, which a lot of us might see on the the pack of like a chocolate or something that we buy. It kind of looks like a recycling symbol. That doesn't mean that product, that that wrapping is recyclable. But I think that we've been conned into thinking that. That just means that the people who make that recycling or the people who make that product contribute 
to waste. Oh. Yeah. So and and aren't there some as well? Like so, some packaging will say that this is recyclable because technically it is recyclable, even if it's not currently recyclable in Ireland by our waste providers. The greatest example of this and the most popular right now being your coffee cups being your disposable coffee cups technically they are recyclable however there is as far as I know no facility in Ireland that recycles them and there's only two facilities in the whole of the UK that have the facility to to strip uh, them apart plastic out from the cardboard so yeah like when it comes to I suppose your recycle the recycling list is great because I think it's hopefully getting to people the idea that it's only rigid plastics it's only cans it's only things that can be recycled but if you buy a tray of mints in Lidl as I did today there's a plastic film on that that's not recyclable so you have to be conscious of making sure that you get that plastic clean and dry before you put it in the bin then you have to take the plastic film off and uh, like not everyone maybe has the time to do that or knows to do that or yeah yeah so and then I mean like there is a very Irish skepticism about it like yeah I think a lot of people are like ah, I don't even know if that does get recycled yeah do you know what I mean because because there's so little transparency and I, and, and I don't mean transparency as in that we need to see what's going on but there's very little talk of where does it actually go does it go to China a lot of people don't know what happens is it recycled in Ireland is it recycled abroad are there human beings who separate it or is it put into a big machine and sorted I gather now from the don't pack things inside each other that's put in a machine but I honestly believed it was humans doing it yeah and I think in some in a lot of plants there are still humans doing some sorting but maybe the initial sorting or the end sorting or the sorting that bales the stuff together Um, I suppose like humans are going to make mistakes as well they're not um, infallible when it comes to the sorting or being able to touch everything and see everything that comes through your bins the ideal situation is that supermarkets and um, food manufacturers cut down on plastic waste in general Yeah, that they start packaging things in plastic if they must package in plastic that it's recyclable and that we as consumers choose fewer things in our weekly shopping that are covered in a film of plastic yeah you know what else we need to stop um, I understand that this is for people who have lots of money and not enough time but those people need to cop on and chop their own carrots. Like we need to stop selling chopped carrots Funny and trays. Funny you should say that. And I and saw a tweet yesterday and I know that there's always a tweet from someone who has a different idea on like a kind of generally perceived like common sense idea that you have, which is, you know what, chop your own carrots. Oh no, is this, this somebody who's like, like, I have a disability yes, and I can't chop carrots. Yes. I have a disability, ready chop veg is yeah, essential for me. And like you told, I was like, yes, of and, course, of yeah, course, of course. And that never occurs to you. Well, like would never occur to somebody who is fully able. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Who that's has it. the use of all, of all like, their limbs and just, for whom it's You're not going to gonna please everyone. But like, I wonder, could, do you remember in Super Queen, they used to have a facility to cut, to cut, to slice your bread for you? We yes. could bring them up the loaf and they would cut it for you. Maybe we need to get like vegetable slicers. Do you know what I mean? So that you can buy your carrots in the packaging they come in, have them sliced in the supermarket for free and put them in. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Or that, you know, the, the ready sliced veg that you want to buy for time purposes or because of your own abilities in that area comes in something that's recyclable. Yeah, comes, comes in something in that's 17 reusable. layers of plastic. Did you see the thing in Marks and Spencer last week where they're selling a cauliflower steak? Yeah. For £2.50 and it was essentially... A large chunk of cauliflower with now, I mean, it would actually never occur to me to cut cauliflower into a large chunk and put like lemon and olive oil on it and fry it. And that actually would probably be kind of nice. Yeah. If you're like having one of those slightly grim days where you're like eating a plant based diet because you'll save loads of carbon dioxide from going into the environment. (laughs) 
Like, <laughs> I was vegetarian for, I was vegetarian. I, I ate a vegetarian diet. I wasn't a vegetarian, but I ate a vegetarian diet for three months last year because, because like, for that reason. Hmm. Um, well, no, for a combination of reasons. The environment, and also, I don't think there's any way to morally defend uh, eating animals. Like, we can't yeah. do it. You just decide that you don't care enough. Do you know what I mean? You just decide that you prioritize whatever it is, your own health or your own tastes. And you're not going to care about the animals. And I decided that I did care about the animals and that I really wanted to be, essentially that I wanted to be a better person. You know what I mean? That I was like, I want to stop eating meat because it makes me feel a bit shitty about myself as a person. I want to be better and I want to stop eating animals. And three months in, I literally just was so bored. Uh, I'm not a particularly adventurous cook and I don't really like cooking. And I just was really bored of eating stir fries. But also, I was really bloated. So I think from eating like loads of beans and pulses and nuts that don't really agree with me that much, um, I get kind of IBS-y symptoms. And I do seem to do better on like a diet of lean meat and vegetables because it's very original. Um, but I just felt like shit. And then yeah. I felt like shit, like my body felt like shit. And I also then was like, I'm a failed vegetarian. But now but I But you can have days where you don't eat meat. And I think that's, mm. I mean, this is where the how to be sound comes into it. Is yeah. That, if you want you don't when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at bluenile.com you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online choose your diamond and setting when you found the one you'll get it delivered right to your door go to bluenile.com and use promo code listen to get 50 dollars off your purchase of 500 dollars or more that's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at Burrow.com ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. You have to be, fo- like, you don't you have have to be fully perfect all of the time. No, yeah. but, yeah. you know, have a meat-free Monday. Have a, you know, kind of think about where the meat is coming from and it's set, like, like was spoken by the person who admits to, have bought, to buying mince and little today. But, you know, buy your mince somewhere where you know that you're getting it wrapped in something that isn't purely gone straight to landfill or, you know, buy your mince from maybe a farm locally produced. I mean, these are all like really aspirational things and they're not something and that everyone they're also, be able to do. Yeah, they're also very middle class and very privileged and oh, based, you know, if you can yeah. afford it. But essentially, isn't the whole idea eat eat as well as you can afford to eat? So in terms mm. of eat, eat, eat as much organic as you can, eat as much free range chicken as you can, Try you know, try not to eat battery chicken, eggs, like all that yeah. kind of stuff. Like um, there's still going to be a like, part of you that wants blueberries in December and they're going to come oh from yeah, Peru. Oh and... They're delicious. But I mean, <laughs> also, isn't it about like, you're not doing anybody any favours by like totally feeling guilty and awful about eating mango in October? No, no. Do you know what I mean? Not. But you know, maybe the next time, think about where the mango's coming from and don't have it maybe every single day in your smoothie or don't, same, like don't have your red meat like every, with like every second meal. You know, yeah. if you're going to have it once in a day, limit it to once in a day or limit it to three you times a You said that week. really like you were thinking about the mango's feelings. Like yeah. next time you eat a mango, just, just think, think about, about that the ordeal that that mango has been through. Think about the journey that mango has been on. Yeah, well, it's been on quite a journey. It has been on quite a journey. Quite the journey. I'm, ama- I'm like, I'm amazed by how delicious mangoes are when they literally must be two weeks old by the time they get here. Yeah. 
There you go. Sorry, it, this it isn't is like a mango amazing. promo, but like no, but I do love is. a good mango. Yeah. They're so a lot young. of our fruit and vegetables, how they manage to be actually delicious when they've flown, you know, from halfway across the world. Yeah. I don't just don't I don't understand it. And you're like, they must they must freeze them, but then they're still delicious. Don't go anywhere, we'll be right back in one second. Meet Your Maker is a podcast about the people who make the things we love, hosted by Liam Garrity. Season one is already out, so you have a little bit of time to catch up before season two is released imminently. Here's what to expect. I used to write letters to, you know, say comedians like Janine Garofalo, and they'd write back really nice letters, like saying like, you're so mature for a 15 year old. And in my head, I kind of be like, yeah, like I could be friends with Janine Garofalo. All the heads of the, of the studios that were there were all male. We brought that up and we were like, why is this? Is it like, is it something to do with like, is it sexist? Well, I always loved drawing, absolutely. I never kind of quit when most kids kind of quit drawing at it, like maybe around nine or ten or whatever. I kept going, kept drawing all the way through. You know, would you ever be interested in moving to New York? And I was like, 100%. A month goes by and I have an interview. Next thing I know, I'm moving out to New York from Michigan and I'm working at Marvel Comics. <laughs> I leapt up from the chair. My hair was dripping dye. And I said, I have to make a phone call. Subscribe to Meet Your Maker now on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Okay, the last kind of kind of environmentally themed thing. I want to talk about myths, right? So when I when I was growing when I was growing up, I was a young girl and I actually read the instructions in the tampon box. I am on. I was under the impression that you could flush tampons, right? And yeah. now I learn in my dotage that in fact you flush them and they get filtered out and put in landfill. Anyway, I always thought they ended up like biodegrading. No, so. Yeah, I flushed my tampons for many years. I still do sometimes um, if there's no bin. Yes. Concession so, time. T- in Ireland specifically, we have um, problems where if we, we're kind of dealing with an outdated water wa- wastewater system. And we have this system whereby uh, a lot of our, a lot of the waste time in our the water Angeles. system, the, uh, you know, food waste that goes into your water system down the drain and tampons and other things that are flushed. Um, If you have a situation where you don't have a wastewater treatment plant at the end of those pipes leading from your house, where a lot of places don't, they're just going straight into the water system. But also a lot of the time, if they get caught by all of the different filters, they can end up, if there's a heavy rainfall or a storm the water can go over those filters because they can these like these tanks can only contain so much water and you have a system whereby in dublin where the when there's a storm you have the waste going out into the sea and up until like i think it was the early 90s or late 80s we used to dump our waste from our wastewater treatment at sea so we would send trawlers out into the irish sea miles and miles offshore and dump everything that was flushed down the toilet. So people were flushing nappies, people are flushing their sanitary towels, people are flushing tampons, condoms, everything. And that's all... There's a special place in hell for people who flush nappies, There, to be There honest. is, and they it is so prevalent. It's more prevalent than you would think. But tampons are one of those things that ends up getting floated over kind of on the the overflow the spill the overspill on these these tanks mm. and if you go like I went for a walk on Dolly Mount um last year I think and I started noticing the plastic and noticing oh, the waste yeah. well there's so much waste on the beach and at one point my husband leaned down to pick something up and I was like Kev that is a tampon applicator just oh. just so you know before you pick that up with your bare hands did he touch it no he was appalled 
Um, oh my god, that is appalling. And that actually got left. Maybe we kind of somebody, walked away from that because at that stage we were like Maybe this maybe somebody should create like a, an MTV spin-off instead of X on the beach, it could be like waste on the beach. Waste. And it could be like we all have a sexy time going and picking up waste on the beach and talking about where it came from. Like this was in somebody's vagina. It was. I wonder whose vagina was. it was. Yeah, and now it's on the beach just lying there. Just in the lying sand, there, absolutely. Along revolting. with all of the cotton bud sticks, along with everything. So You know what though? I you tried You can't flush your tampons, put them in a bin. Yeah, wrap them up, put them in a bin. Can you put them in the compost? No, um, I did a bit of research on that this morning because I knew you were going to ask me about tampons. And um, from what I can see, even if you're using an organic uh, cotton tampon, um, there may still be certain fibres in it that wouldn't compost as quickly. Now, I don't know, I wouldn't be putting them into your home compost in your garden. You could possibly put them into the other, the waste one that I was saying, that they accept the nappies into like a compostable bag. Yeah. But I would be doubtful that they would compost at the same level as food waste. You know what? We don't actually do compost anymore. So we ha- we have uh, Greyhound pick up our bins. And last, I think only last year they introduced compost and they said, we're, you know, we're bringing around new bins. You can get a brown bin. And you th- I, I think you had to request one. And we requested one. But essentially it didn't get picked up for about three rounds in a row. And by about week six, it was rancid. You know, mm. you're like, that, like that bin is full of food stuff and has not been picked up now for six weeks. Yeah, it's composting. Yeah. And I eventually said to them, you need to take it away because. Yeah, you know, that's, it's, I don't want like, that in my city, back garden in a big brand. It's revolting. Yeah, we have a lot. We have a long way to come, really, when it comes to waste. I mean, yeah. if there was a community garden nearby you, which I don't know that there is in this area, no, but I, I don't know think that there is. certain community gardens will take like your I garden think scrap, Yeah, there, your there are a few in Stony but aren't there? That the, they'll take like yeah. vegetable peelings and stuff. Um, because I like that's part of my that I was really trying to be better. You know, I was like, I'm really happy now we get to compost. We put far fewer things in landfill. It makes a huge difference. And then the I was so disappointed. And I mean, I might, I might give it another go and apply to them again and go look like send us out another brown bin and let's give it another shot because we just do put so much stuff in the black bin bags in landfill and it makes me feel mm. a bit sick you're like there's so much stuff going yeah. to a dump somewhere um but speaking of tampons i tried to get off the tampon train and use use a moon cup oh this was, i was gonna say if you alternatives can to tampons do, yeah if you can do but yeah and and, and and i have to say my experience of using the moon cup as long as you're not squeamish and you don't hate the idea of getting your menstrual blood on your fingers because you pretty much will get blood on your fingers every single time you change that menstrual cup and i'm very sorry to our producer liam for having this conversation right next to him <laughs> but uh if you if you're not squeamish about that and it's not gross no because no, it's, it's just normal it's natural whatever yeah um Moon cups, like it was great. It was so handy. It was like it was like the the menstruation equivalent of breastfeeding. I think you didn't need to bring anything with you. Mm. I wasn't tucking tampons up my sleeve anymore. I wasn't like running to the bathroom and going, "Oh, paying crap, for I haven't tampons, got any tampons anymore." No, exactly. I wasn't paying for them. I wasn't wrapping them up and put, putting them in the bin. But then I had a terrible incident, which I've written about on my blog, and you can read it in all its full bloody glory. My moon cup sucked out. I was out lucky to my... get a live action. Yeah. Was I, was I on the phone with you at the time? No, we were, t- no. We were texting. I think I was on the phone to Claire at the time. But my moon cup sucked out my coil. That's impressive suction though as well. I think it my is. coil might have been on its it way is. out anyway. It might have been like yeah. my body so might have been So I don't think they're... The small print is that they're not recommended if you have the copper coil. Yeah, well, I didn't read the small print because like I I said, I only read the small print on my menstruation things when I was younger and had little little to be doing. And now I can be playing Candy Crush while I'm on the toilet, so I don't need to read it. (laughs) Yeah, um, the Moon Cup, it's it's a flaw of the Moon Cup and, you know, other products are available. Other similar products are available to actual branded Moon Cups. I'm I sure. wonder what the difference environmentally would be if you weighed up, say, say like I have the coil, right, that I get. I think I have the copper coil, so it lasts 10 years or something insane. Yeah. I wonder what the difference is environmentally between using tampons versus taking the pill. 
Do you know what I mean? Because so like I'm now using tampons, but I'm not taking the pill because I have the coil. So which is which is worse for the environment? Probably using tampons. Oh, I, I don't know. What but I the would hormones say that is end up in the water use the marina coil and be one of the lucky people who uses that. Like I was that oh. doesn't get a period. So I like I'm, I mean, I'm speaking about tampons and moon cups and things, but I haven't had a period in quite a while. Well, I had the Mirena coil for a while, but because I suffer from depression and I'm on antidepressants, I didn't want to have anything. And I know, so the Mirena is the hormonal one and the copper mm. coil has no hormones. It's just the copper does something weird to your womb, which is better not to think about. But the, I basically, because I take antidepressants and I, my moods are all over the place, I didn't want to be wondering, oh, is that the estrogen or the testosterone or whatever it is, the, the progesterone yeah. from the Mirena. So that's why I have the copper coil. So that's the only reason, but I found the Mirena coil great. And it did actually, my periods were practically like a little whisper, a whisper yeah. in the, a candle in the wind. It was amazing. It really is magical. It was so magical. amazing. Okay, I could, I could talk about the thrilling environment all day, <laughs> but nobody would listen, I'd say. Before we go, and while I have you, um, I hope to have you back on again because I'm sure there are plenty of other things that yes. I think you're smart on and that, and that you could you. come and <laughs> take notes on and we could talk about. Is there anything that you want to get off your chest about the world, about oh, culture, about, about anything world. that's going on at the moment that's driving you mad or that you're loving and that you feel like the world needs to know about? Or is there anything that you just wish would stop happening? Um, yeah, I mean, I am finding, and this is like... I sp- I suppose another privileged position, but I'm I'm finding the constant revealing of men, male actors that I have liked oh. being sexual predators to be really upsetting. It's very distressing, isn't and it? And like, it, I mean, I've kind of taken a break. I mean, because I again, I'm in that privileged position where I can just you know zoom out of or tune out of news. Um, it, I think Dustin Hoffman has properly been revealed yeah, to well, have been. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, and I really like Dustin Hoffman and like, that, I feel like it's just, I think I'm like, oh, really, uh, you know, I don't know what I was talking about yesterday, but I was like, God, I feel like I need to Google now everyone. And I think the one of my favorite podcasts, Call Your Girlfriend, I think they now have this thing where essentially when they're talking about men that they like, you know, like actors or directors um historically they were talking about Jacques Cousteau in the latest episode and while speaking they were googling to make sure that they weren't speaking about someone who has since been revealed to have been some kind of predator or to have assaulted someone or to it's be a rapist so grim I feel like it's like it's like we're playing a giant game of guess who and yeah. then every time another one is revealed you just flip down another face and you know what I mean that it's like like what are we now Jared Leto like Christian Bale both of whom I adore Christian Bale. Well, didn't Christian Bale like uh, attack his mom and his sister? Didn't he have a training order against his mom and his sister at one point? Which, like, hopefully isn't a sexual assault case, but is still fairly grim. Still assault. Um, Dustin Hoffman, uh, Liam Neeson now not having uh, not having that we know of assaulted anyone, but having come out and said, "I think this is all going too far." And like when you're on a set, apologizing essentially. Yeah, man, apologizing. And he said something like, when you're on set, sometimes you do these childish things and it becomes kind of a childish game or childish joke. And you're like, to whom? Like, to whom does this become a joke at which yeah. you actually might laugh? Because I highly doubt it's the woman who's, whose arse is getting smacked every day as a childish daily joke on set. Like, mm. get a grip. Um, yeah, it's, you know, I'm not saying that I want it to end because I want them all named and shamed and like and mm. brought, brought before the law or whatever is possible, you know, um, but it's it's I think I mean I just wanted to stop happening. Yeah, I know. Aziz Aziz Ansari. What now about as well. Aziz Ansari? Oh 
They look so heartbroken. So um, there was a piece today on... This is awful. I am leaving. There was a piece today on Babe, I think, about a woman who went on a date with Aziz Ansari and essentially um, he... It was one of those very murky cases where she went home with him and he basically kept trying to push her into things that she was making very clear through her body language and also through her words that she wasn't comfortable with and kept saying, slow down, you know, I don't really want this, I'm not ready for this yet, you know, maybe on the next day kind of thing and he Mm. taking out his dick and, you know, all sorts of, just all sorts of shit. Is it with men and taking out their dicks? I actually I don't know. I've gone through my whole life things I'd like to see. without presenting my genitalia to anyone who didn't want to see it. And yet, here we are. My God. That's actually, can you actually imagine if you just spent a day as a woman going around with a skirt on and like every now and again just like showing your flaps to someone? In the actual kind of gas story, um, a local paper in the town where I'm from published a story last week that I saw someone on Facebook sharing and it was that there was a flasher. This isn't funny, obviously, like flashers are horrible people and it's it's not OK, but we're not making light of the flasher. No, we're not making light of the flasher. In local we're news. We're making light of the local news that wants a beware flasher sign erected. Erected in area. is an interesting choice erected. of words as well. Did they say erected or are you no. just saying erected? I actually don't think so. But um, yeah. <laughs> And there was a bit of an editorial slant in the article that blamed the um, the the existence of flashers on heterosexual porn. It, it was a bit of a reach, I felt, but what? you know, yeah, no, it's you'd have to read it to I really don't see get a lot the of flashers in heterosexual porn. I'd like to point out, <laughs> but um, yeah, so those are the things that are highlighting my week and low lighting it. I can't believe it's season. Sorry, I know. I'm sorry. Yeah, Aziz, off I I'm, go now too. Aziz, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, the thing that I would like to not have to talk about ever again is uh, the Irish influencer scene and the current scandal. Oh yeah, uh, scandal. No scandal. Does scandal mean scandal or does that mean film? No, it's that's scan on. Um, so there's been just so much shit about like people setting up kind of kind of call out accounts. You know, it's like we're going to call out Irish influencers for doing X and doing Y and doing Z. And I just think that we all need to decide that we don't care about what these people are doing. Like, I have a blog and I kind of blog sporadically. And for a while I was an influencer insofar as I took money to promote things online. And I happily would again, like, get in touch. I'm I'm, I'm here, I'm ready, I'm available. (laughs) Um, But the kind of whole scene of it and being like, a lot of a lot of women who are essentially fashion and beauty influencers, and there is a whole like another question around why is nobody ever giving out about James Patrice and James Kavanagh? And I think there is a lot of misogyny involved in that people just love giving out about women who are doing well for themselves because they just think they've got notions and they're like, who does she think she is? But on the other hand, instead of doing all these call out accounts, why don't we just all stop following and thinking about people who are not interesting? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like not to be super nasty about it. In I think you know things like soap operas maybe into our interest in our phones, and these have somehow kind of manifested into this obsession with these people who we don't think of as real people. No, and and like that's something that kind of dawned on me last week that I was I was very wrapped up in the scandal. Like I have to admit, and I was like, what's going to happen next? And what? Are they? Oh my god, this is so gas! And look at this comment. And then I suddenly was thinking about like, why do I even care? Like I would not. And like, this isn't me throwing shade necessarily, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be friends with most of these women in real life only because we have nothing in common. We don't like the same things. We don't share the same interests. We don't go to the same places. 
they like like uh, other things yeah well I'm trying to think of that song you know the one um, uh, their Xboxes and I'm more in Atari oh, you know yeah. what I mean we're just totally different Very Taylor like, Swift what is that Taylor Swift no no it's not it's um that song I see you driving around town with the girl I love oh, yeah. and I'm oh, like yeah. fuck you, you uh, CeeLo Green Yes, C- yes. Oh, CeeLo, I know him well. That was very like, <laughs> is it CeeLo Green? Um, but yeah, we're just totally, totally different. And I was suddenly like, why am I even, like, I don't ever think to myself, oh, that's a great makeup tip. I don't ever think to myself, I must buy that top. I don't ever think to myself, well, that's an interesting perspective I hadn't thought of. Yeah. So why do I even care? And I'm trying not to. But I'm you're trying. right, I think. I think that, you know, enjoy what these people do that you that you like that you know if makeup tips are your bag then go for it but if you're just following for yeah and like not a hate because because hate following is a completely different thing I think I think we all hate follow sometimes and it can be kind of weirdly enjoyable but like there are loads of women who are really smart and interesting and talking about really smart and interesting things and I follow them as well so I'm like why don't I just focus on them and they're not doing anything Mm. scandalous which is good which is good although maybe that's what I want maybe I just like I miss the drama do you know what I mean? Like maybe that's what I'm after. Yeah, well, this is it because they're but soap I, operas in their own way. They're yeah, our little but I diversions. am just I am just really sick of this kind of call out culture, and I'm really sick of people acting like they're doing a public service by drawing attention to what these influencers are doing when actually what they're just trying to do is drag them down. Yeah, do you know what I mean yeah. that they're literally just trying to bring them down a peg or two? And I'm fucking sick of it. It's boring. Mm. It is boring. It is. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. You're for an being with me episode. and for bringing cake yes. you have absolutely set the bar very high for I the have, next guest I have, yes. who will it be and what cakes <laughs> will they bring that is the big question um thank you so much how, how can people get in touch with you if they wish to do so um well i'm private on twitter but <laughs> <laughs> i might change that you if are the I get worst a few podcast requests. Uh, it's at kira l norton and i'm the same on instagram at Kira L for Louise Norton. Yes, Kira, Kira Louise, Louise Norton. Norton. Uh, you can get in touch with me at Rosemary McCabe with an A in my Mac across all social media platforms or rosemarymccabe.com. You can email me info at rosemarymccabe with an A in my Mac.com. Thank you so much for listening to the first episode of How to Be Sound produced by Liam Garrity, who you'll also hear on Meet Your Maker, which is another great podcast. And you can listen to How to Be Sound everywhere you listen to podcasts. I prefer Pocket Casts. That's what I go for. Kira, how do you listen to podcasts? On the uh, the iPhone app. Oh, I and then... I put a whole lot of thought into what I have to say. And and our other friend, Claire, uses Stitcher, yes. which I was surprised at. I just thought that was something I heard on other podcasts, but I never knew it was... anybody actually used it. It's a thing. It's kind of like Airtel, but apparently it's not as very modern. Thank you so much for listening. How To Be Sound will be out every two weeks, so you can catch up again in two weeks' time. And, oh, you can also sign up to my newsletter. I'll tweet a link. Bye! Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. 